A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Phil. And I'm Jane. Welcome to Unhinged and Bumbled Up. The Relatable Dating Podcast. Would you, because we've heard this, uh, we had a codependency coach on the show last season. Would you class yourself as codependent or? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think or codependent before, traits. Codependent traits, yeah, because it yeah. it's kind of like you have little bits where you might be and little bits where you're not. But yeah. not so much now. Um, I've done a lot of work on myself since leaving the relationship, a lot of work um, to kind of like, not be so codependent but when i met him yeah i was i was i believe i was codependent because i was very lonely mm-hmm. i was desperate for love um i was a bit of a people pleaser which i was known to be i found it hard to upset people yeah so i would kind of say oh yeah i'll do that for you even if it i didn't want to do it because i just wanted to make everyone happy mm-hmm. and i believe i was codependent yeah i believed that my opinion didn't always really necessarily count and my function and role was to make people happy, make people smile, do the right thing. Um, so, yeah, I believe I was quite codependent with good intent. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So if people are listening and they feel that they are in a similar situation, what kind of tips or advice would you give them if they are at that stage where they know they're in a narcissistic relationship and they want to leave, but they're in that, that kind of phase where they're like, I don't know if, if I'm strong enough to leave. What kind of advice would you mm. give to people? Uh, my personal advice would be don't put too much pressure on yourself. It's very confusing. It is super confusing. I think it's normal to get pulled within the I'm not brave enough, but I am. And that took them what I'd just say really 
keep on going online or speaking to where your support is. Learn and learn and learn everything you can. If you believe you're in a relationship with a narcissist or a psychopath, sociopath, I think some people kind of get them within the same kind of thing, but we're focusing on like narcissists today. Research the crap out of it, educate yourself, and more importantly, trust your gut feeling. If your gut feeling ever tells you, this is, I need to get out, I need to get out, this is damaging for me, trust your gut, but also don't rush yourself. Um, don't force yourself to do anything that you're not comfortable with. You have to do it on your own terms too. Um, and I would just say, just keep on educating yourself. Like there's loads of sites out there. There's loads of forms. Talk to other people that are in similar situations as you, um, because you're going to find if you go online where it's private, so no one can find what you're doing, what you're talking about as well. If you're with a narcissist that checks your shit, sorry, checks it's your fine. stuff. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like there's sites where you can remain anonymous and you can have discussions with people and you might find exactly how you're feeling right now that you feel like you can't leave, there's reasons why you have to stay or you're unsure that you're even in an abuse. There's gonna be people out there that are in exactly the same situation as you and go and find them, go and speak to them. They're gonna to wanna to help you and in return you're gonna to wanna to help them. Um, so I would focus on kind of things like that. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's basically a network of people helping I had a friend of mine who was in a narcissistic relationship, but the reason why she didn't want to leave is because she had children with him. So um, the day that she did finally yeah. leave, she did say, I wish I did it years ago because her life is so much better now. But that moment she was just putting her children first. So, you know, it's so difficult, isn't it? When you've got other kind of yeah. um, situations. It really is. It really is. And I think the sad thing as well, is there is no easy answer i don't think there's never going to be a oh well if you do this that's what you're doing it's fine do you know the sad thing is it is a really hard choice and there is no easy answer um and it's going to be at least for me and i didn't have children but if you do i can't even imagine but it's going to be one of the most important but most difficult decisions you're ever going to have to make to mm -hmm. leave a narcissistic abusive relationship which is hard enough to do on its own even if you you're fine and you can go and live with your family and you don't have kids to have kids on top of that must be incredibly difficult yeah um but you know people have done it i think from my point of view if you stay with a narcissist things are just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse no matter how hard you try that eventually you're going to come to that decision anyway if your decision is i i have to get out but i'm not ready yet eventually you're going to have no choice because it's not going to get any yeah it's not going to get any easier and there's nothing you can do in my opinion yeah yeah <laughs> no perfect um no you've made some really interesting yeah. points today jason it's um and I really hope there's people listening that are maybe in that situation and what you've been saying today is definitely going to give them that push to go in the right direction. Do you want to talk about how it affected your mental health? With my mental health, it pretty much broke me, to be honest. Everything that I was and thought I was up to that point in my life got completely destroyed. So to put it kind of in perspective, like before I got in this narcissistic abusive relationship, the things I thought about myself, I always knew I was very shy and mm -hmm. I always knew that I was very quiet and a people pleaser and things like that. But I knew I was a good person. These are the things I told myself before I was in a relationship. I thought, I'm a good person. I tried to make the world a better place. 
I love people unconditionally and I see the best in people. And that's kind of who I thought I was, you know. And then by the time I was like kind of in this relationship with a narcissist and things had, I was really, really gaslighted and manipulated, I would say brainwashed myself into thinking all of these negative things about myself. I believed that I wasn't a good person, that I was very um, jealous, I was very insecure, um, I was a liar, which I, a bunch of things like, this person made me believe I'm not the person I thought that I was and convinced me that I wasn't as well, that I wasn't a good friend, I wasn't a good partner. Um, I was, like I say, a mummy's boy was used a lot, which is interesting because my mum was the one person that got me out of that relationship and helped me. And actually she was under attack quite a lot as being an overprotective mother and also me being a mummy's boy, which I believe was the narcissist way of getting me to, yeah. you know, oh, I'm not a mummy's boy, go away from my mum, I'll prove myself as independent. Split you up from your friends and family, yeah, believe, so they've got them all to yourself. Basically, yeah. yeah. But mental health-wise, it, it was horrendous, I was broken, it broke me inside. Um, I had no worth, I thought I was a horrible human being, and I was just desperate to prove myself to him that I wasn't this mess that he thought that I was, or that if I was this horrible mess, mental health crap person, I could prove him wrong. I could really work at it. I could be a good partner. I could be responsible. I could, you know, things like that. So it really damaged me a lot. Yeah, it took all my confidence off of me, um, which is devastating. <laughs> and then onto the positive, how how are you now? Like, um, you know, how, how have you moved on? What are you doing? Are you like, you've obviously come onto podcasts and chat to people I about have. it. Yeah. So as I said, I mean, it happened when I was 25, so it's quite a while ago now. I'm 33, but I've done a ton of work, mainly due to the fact of, like I say, all the reading I did about narcissistic abuse, learning it wasn't true, that everything that I was told about myself was not true in the slightest and since then i've done a lot of work on myself to basically learn to love myself again because that's something the narcissist really took off me yeah. i didn't love myself at all and i didn't value myself so i spent a lot of time learning to like myself again and knowing that you know what i'm all right i'm a good person i'm decent and i'm i'm perfectly fine and that actually took a lot of work believe it or not it was really hard but at the moment yeah i'm doing a podcast where you know people can listen they can judge me if they please or whatever and i'm happy to do that um i run my own twitch channel now which i could never have done if i was in a relationship with a narcissist because he convinced me that i was the worst person in the world and i was terrified of making any mistakes so how could i possibly go on twitch mm -hmm. which is a streaming site and broadcast myself to the world you know um so i think i've grown immensely and as crazy as it sounds you know i've been through the worst time in my life in that relationship i have no regrets and i wouldn't change it just because of everything that i'd learned from it um if that makes sense yeah. and i think everyone has that potential I, I think everyone's uh everyone has a past and a lot of people get judged on their past but the past makes them what they are today yes. and yes. uh you should never judge people on their past just on how they are today you know mm -hmm. and i think i think that's the way that i always look at it anyway um you know, because people can people can throw their opinions out there and go, oh, well, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? At the time, you didn't know. You was naive. No, and, yeah. you know, before before I started this podcast, I had never heard of narcissists before. I had no idea what it is. I've mm. learned so much. And, and that's the thing. If we don't know about these things, 
we we don't know what to do about it we can't spot the situations when you're in it and it's a good old saying that i always use it's always to it's always easy to see the house burning down when you're outside it but when you sat in it it just feels nice and warm you know <laughs> nice little phrase there. i like that <laughs> Jason, did you find it difficult to meet somebody after that relationship? Were you a bit nervous about getting going out dating or going into a relationship? Very. Yeah. <laughs> I was. And I went on, I actually went the complete opposite way where I was like, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life. I'm never doing it again. And I identified, it was a made up word, but I loved it. I identified myself as ferociously single. Oh, nice. I like it. (laughs) In a sense, I am not having a relationship. But I needed that time anyway. I needed to have a relationship. It was very important. After I ended my relationship with that narcissist, I had the most important relationship that I had to get into. And it was a relationship with myself. And that took up pretty much all of my time. So I had no time for a relationship anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it certainly did make me not trust people. Um, I was used for being kind. I was used for being trusting. I was abused for being forgiving. Um, so I didn't want to risk getting in that situation again at all. And look at you now, very confident and you're a great communicator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I am. And I was told I couldn't communicate as well when I was with him. I couldn't communicate. I didn't know how to speak to people. The weird world of dating. This segment is called The Weird World of Dating, where we give our guests two statements, and all they've got to do is figure out the truth and figure out the lie and tell us the reasons why. Uh, each week, we get two statements one's a truth, one's a lie. And all Jason's got to do is figure out which one and tell us why. Okay. That, that poem is getting better and better each week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Jane, have you got your statement? Okay, Jason, are you ready? Yes. My statement today is, we tend to fall in love with someone who looks like ourselves. And then my statement is, love at first sight exists. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. So which one do you think's the truth and which one's a lie? Maybe the first one, like yours, Jane. Mm-hmm. Was the truth or a lie? Was the truth? Okay. I might be wrong. Okay. Are you, are you finalizing your answer? I don't know. <laughs> 50-50. Well, <laughs> let's go. No, I'm going to go out and just going to say yeah, screw it. Um, okay. yeah, I'm going to say that's the truth. Maybe. You'd be correct. And oh, you're really? Yeah. Oh, yay. And then Jane will give you the explanation. Yeah, so the explanation for this is, um, aside from facial features, hair colour and eye colour, we tend to be attracted to those with the same lung volumes, earlobe lengths and metabolic rates. I did not know this. There we go. Um, wow. So this, yeah, that's it. So basically, um, it's a truth. So there you are, well done. And then Thank we kind of we kind of tripped you up a little bit because... Love at first sight exists. It's a lie, but Mm. this myth is very common, but not accurate. Research shows that when checking out a man at a first meeting, a woman only needs six glances to decide if he suits her. While there is no love literally at first sight, six glances is not that much either. 
According to the author and life coach Ali Campbell, a woman takes 45 seconds to subconsciously decide if she likes a man. Oh my gosh. So, 45 <laughs> seconds, love at first sight. It, That's... It, <laughs> it's not, not one long second. to make an impression is it? <laughs> yeah you have 45 seconds but mm. well done in getting it right i think Thank everybody's you. got it right up to now haven't they yeah so far <laughs> yeah i kind of wanted to say yours phil but i was like no unless it was disney that's your phrase is correct <laughs> in a disney film yeah. then it's yeah. correct <laughs> then it's the truth disney <laughs> did ruin our dating dream <laughs> <laughs> Dating Disasters. This segment is called Dating Disasters because, let's face it, we've all had them. So, now it's time to hear from our guest and hear what the worst date they've ever had is. So in this part of the show, the guest, Jason, tells their dating disaster. So so Jason, this could be one of your own or one that you've heard. Um, so if you could please tell everyone your dating disaster. Oh no, I don't know if I should share it. It's really bad. Oh, we love it. It's very embarrassing. Yes. It's fine. We've had loads. We've <laughs> this had, is horrendous. We've had <laughs> diarrhea. We've had... The more uh, embarrassing, the better. We've had... Okay. Okay. I mean... Jane's book's got 30 dating disasters in it. So. Really? Oh, yeah. my God. Okay. So mine was, I was dating somebody, and you know when you go through that period where it's kind of really casual and you take it to the next step so you invite them to your house? We was at yeah. that stage, so I invited them to my house. And I cleaned my house. I made it beautiful, over-the-top nice to make sure it was really perfect. I'd planned out, like, you know, nice Netflix and chill and all of that lot. <laughs> and I'd only been in my house for two minutes. And I was like, oh, hi, you know, very, like, a little bit nervous and stuff. So the first thing I said was, like, oh, can I use your toilet? So I was like, yeah, of course you can. Don't, don't worry about it. Go for it. So they went off to the toilet upstairs, and it was there for a while. And then they kind of, like, it was so embarrassing. And there was like, does your toilet work? And I'm like, what do you mean? And says, well, come here a minute. Oh, I can't tell you. My flush was broke on my toilet. And there was, I'd been to the toilet previously and there was a number two in there. Oh, <laughs> I was like, no. oh my God. I was so embarrassed. I wanted him to leave. I was like, this is too much. I'm so sorry. My, my flush is broken. So I'd flushed, but it hadn't gone down. Do you get oh, me? Jason, yeah. I... They'd gone and had a look and, oh. Jason, I would be awful. I would be blaming anybody but myself. I would have been saying something like, Oh my friend, my friend was just over. Sorry, that was my friend. There's no way I would admit to that. I should have done that. I I just panicked. I think the look on my face said it all. I was just like, Oh, oh my god. Get so, out. So it, it didn't end up in Netflix and chill then, did it? <laughs> They forgave and they stayed. They laughed at it. And I was like, Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, they decided to just, you know, laugh instead of. So, yeah, it wasn't too disaster, but to me, it was horrendous. Never forget it. This is our second guest and the second shit story that's come out. Well, when you said diarrhea, I was like, I can share this fan. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of pattern about dating disasters. (laughs) It always seems to relate back to poo, isn't it? I love the poo stories are the best. The best place to date. 
This segment is called The Best Place to Date. Our guests are from all over the world, and we're going to ask them where was the best place that they ever went on a date, and the reasons why. Uh, this segment is the best place to date. So I'm not sure mm. where you're from, actually, but because we, we didn't have this conversation. But what no, we, we like didn't. to do each week is we like to ask our guests where is the best place they've been on a date. Uh, yeah, Ooh. it could be anywhere, anywhere that you've been. Ooh, Gran Canaria in Spain. You went for a date for in Gran sure. Canaria. <laughs> well, no, I met somebody when I was in Gran Canaria, ah, nice. and I end, we ended up kind of having a bit of a summer holiday fling, uh, nice. which was amazing. It was the best date ever because we got to date on the beach. How cool is that? Um, yeah. Definitely Gran Canaria for me. I was out in Gran Canaria for quite a while, and yeah, I met somebody on a couple of dates, and it's brilliant. So yeah, Gran Canaria. I always think what dating would be like if you lived in a hot country because it'd be so different, wouldn't it? Where you would take oh, your it date. Be amazing. Yeah. yeah, and you can like go for a date by the pool when you're comfortable and show yeah. off your swimming skills and your abs. It'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, not for me because no, not I me. sweat massively. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, yeah. Uh, hot country is my worst, worst, yeah. worst nightmare. I'm yeah. a cold person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I get what you're saying. Being on the beach and going for walks on the beach and oh yeah, marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's better than Skeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skeg is all right. It's got Butlins, I guess. I used to work in yeah. Butlins. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I was a red. I didn't coat. know this about you. You was a red coat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, we're gonna talk about your Don't singing and dancing skills one day. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I- you know, you're made to smile the whole time, so you basically have a sore jaw by the end of the night because you're just like, yeah, big cheese the whole time. <laughs> you know, didn't put you down as a red coat. Oh. <laughs> Building the perfect profile. This segment is called Building the Perfect Profile. So we'll ask our guest to name one thing that they want to add to the profile and we'll see what our perfect person looks like. Or maybe not. So Jason, each week we ask one thing for our guests to add to create the perfect partner. So by the end of season two, we will be putting together the profile and partner as we go. So for okay. you, for you, Jason, what would make the perfect partner? So this could be looks, personality, or you know something else. Um, already mm. on our list of the perfect partner, we have someone who likes the outdoors and someone with um, mental growth. So for you uh, personally, like what would you say would be consist of a perfect partner? Would this be too broad? But like so a friend, someone that you're actually oh. friends with. Like they have That's... to be a friend. Yeah. Because you can yeah. be really attracted to somebody, but you're not actually friends with them. It's more mm-hmm. relationship. I'd say a friend, sort of a good friend. I That's, love that's that. good. Yeah. I love that. That it's is really a good. Nice. That is good. We are going to put that in. The opening line awards. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our presentation will begin shortly. This segment is called the Opening Line Awards. We have searched high and low on the internet to find the most cringy chat-up lines.
Each week we have the opening line awards. Okay. So basically, we have scoured the internet, asked yep. followers, asked loads of people what the worst opening line they've ever had on a dating app. And what we're going to do is we're Ooh. going to give three options. Okay. And each of us pick, uh, and then the. One that scores the most, or the one that scores the most and the second, they go ahead to uh, our Instagram followers to then okay. vote which one they think. Okay. And then it goes battle, 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 till we find the worst opening line Ooh, out there. I like. So. <laughs> okay. I'm just searching for the <laughs> <opening> <laughs> <ones>. <laughs> Here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Number one, Titanic. Sorry, that was a terrible icebreaker. Oh, my God. (laughs) God. (laughs) Is your last name Waldo? Because a girl like you is hard to find. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's quite sweet. I think that's sweet, too. That's quite sweet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you like Mexican food? Because I want to wrap you in my arms and make you my Bayrito. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So we have Titanic, Waldo, or Bayrito. <laughs> Which one is the worst? We can't Burrito pick the best for here. sure. The last one. You was going with that. That's cringe. Right. <laughs> Jane. Have I you put, wrote yours? I put Beirito. I love it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I picked Titanic. So oh. the Titanic and Beirito are going forward for uh, uh, followers to pick which they think is the worst. Excellent. Right. And love then we'll, we'll, we'll find out the worst. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more, you can follow us at Unhinged and Mumbled Up or forever after and if you want to send us an email or check out our website it is www.uadu.co.uk thank you goodbye bye normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.